There we go. Since we've got this new thing, I've still no idea what I'm doing with it. And then I forget that I've got no idea what I'm doing with it. And so I don't work out what I'm doing with it when I'm, uh, on the, uh, when I'm getting on the platform. Welcome to church. Don't worry as people are putting things up here. That's all right. That's going to be part of it. Uh, yeah, welcome to church. Uh, always a great place, great place to be. Uh, if you're new, welcome. If you're not new, welcome. Uh, we went for the first time a few weeks ago. Uh, Io saying something to me. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. A few weeks ago, we went for the first time to one of the, to the the cinema looks. It's called, and it's basically where it's like being in a living room. We've seen these advertised, but now they do it in in the Odeon at Warrington. And basically, you sit in your chair and you go, ah, and the seat reclines and your feet come up. And it's just like being in the living room. The cinemas are much smaller. There's not many people in. Anyway, yesterday, we did it again. Charlotte had her cinema voucher that she gets for Christmas. Auntie Stella always blesses the children with cinema vouchers for Christmas. It's one of the highlights because they know that then, because believe you and me, when you've got five children, the cinema is a dear trip out, right? There is no cheap trip to the cinema. So the kids rejoice when they get cinema vouchers. Mum and dad rejoice when, they've got, when they get cinema vouchers. They're like, we can do a cinema trip. So we took Charlotte yesterday and... Um, this was her first time in the, in the cinema looks because the other time was with Eleanor and she reclines, she puts her feet up and I recline, I put her feet up and I thought, do you know what? We could do this in church. <laughs> I was like, I could well see us already. And then I was like, no, because you might fall asleep. <laughs> I was like, so like, we're not doing it in the book. Could you imagine if we just all had the relaxing? So instead we've done nachos in the cafe for you and, the, and, and cupcakes instead to bless you. You're not getting the reclining seats. Um, but I did think for a moment, I had a moment of madness like, is, what's happening to me? This. Sticking out, it looks Is like you've it? got some kind of weird thing. A tail. Out. Yeah, looks like you've got a tail. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, yes, so you're not getting the electric chairs, but for a moment I thought, could you imagine what it would be like sat in church like this? Um, right, this is not just to make things look pretty and things look nice. I know I like to have a nice working environment, but that would generally consist of candles. There is a point to these. And I have been researching soil. I do not know what is going on with me. The other week I talked about an engine in a car, right? I find myself speaking on things I have no clue about. So I always put a disclaimer first. If there is a gardener in the house and I say this wrong, it's okay, right? You, be, you can come and educate me later if you want to, but bear with me. Do not let it take your focus off Jesus. If I get this, 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 this whole gardening thing wrong. Um, but I, I was, you know what I want for my life? I want to produce good things, yeah. right? As a pastor, I want to feed people to produce good things. Go. I want to see every single person in this church win. Yeah. I want to see every single person in this church smash chains that have been binding them through the name of Jesus. I want to see change. I want to see growth. I want to see it in me. And I'm like, okay, like... You know, Jesus, when he went around speaking, he spoke using stories and things that people would get, right. right? There's great depth to doing that. Jesus was the deepest preacher that ever walked the face of the earth. He was Jesus, but he spoke in a way that people would understand. Yeah. 
And that, I know for the preachers here, that's what we want to do. We want to speak in a way that people will understand and be able to take it away and apply it to life and grow. So I've been thinking about producing good things. You know, I said last week when I spoke that anything that is alive speaks. If you were to go and stand in Tesco, or yesterday when we went to the Odeon, it was absolutely crazy. And I just stood back and I watched people chatter, 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 chatter. Because they're alive and the things that are alive speak. And that's why God speaks. Because God's alive. And God is speaking to this church. There is a, a freshness coming over this church at the moment. We know through what God is speaking to myself and Barry, there is something stirring within this church that we are going to see miracles that we've never seen before. We're going to see God um, in this place, his presence and everything like we've never seen it before. And, and I spoke last week out of Matthew and the verse that I spoke out of was, seek the kingdom of God above all else yeah. and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Right. Now, I had something else to speak on today. I thought it was pretty good. Um, we've shelved it though because I felt God say to me, do not rush on. Because the minute I get up here and give you something that I think would be really good, we may as well be in the cinema. Yeah, that's right. Very good. Because what we want is what's God saying now we want in the prophetic we want to hear God's voice prophecy is hearing God's voice we want to hear God's voice now so I've had to shelve what I was going to speak on and 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 this is quite a fast put together word um but I felt God say don't rush on you may have spoken on that last week but I don't want you to rush on I want you to hang on I want you to wait in what I spoke last week and I said last week, the verse is spoken into, is cut down into three things. Seek God above all else, live right, and he'll give you everything you need. Right. We took our boys yesterday to um, Lippa uh, College of Performing Arts, a musical college. As you know, they're both musical. Uh, and that's where they're applying to go once they've finished the GCSEs in a few months. And as we were in the car... Um, going and uh, we were just pulling up and I said to them I think Joshua kind of said what do we do if we don't get in because we haven't applied anywhere else and I was talking to them and I was saying you know something God's got a plan for your life and if you don't get in here it's okay it's all right because the word of God says seek God above all else yeah. which as parents we've tried to raise our children to do that and you know they are giving their all to live by that standard seek God above all else live right and he'll give you everything you need. Right. So it says to them, you, you've sought God, you're living right, and now if Lipper isn't the thing for you, it's okay because he will give you everything you need. And so it's broken down into three, three sections. And so last week we, saw, we talked about seek God above all else. And we brushed across the second part purely because of time and I knew the main focus was about seeking God. And the second part was and live righteously. Live to God's standard. Live to the word of God. Do what's right. Make a conscious choice to live in God's ways. And I felt God say to me, don't rush over. Because we can recite that verse if you've been around church for much uh, time. You'll know that verse. You can recite it off. But the live righteously is crucial. It's crucial. Because what we want is the third part 
just add everything to me, God. But it starts with what we covered last week. We had binoculars. Seek God. Magnify. Bring into view everything of God and live right. It's a two-pronged attack of what we have to do, which then produces God's blessing. It produces his blessing as we do what is right. And so God said, don't rush on. I want you to cover this. And I'm like, okay. So living right. Okay, that's really good because we can have a list of things that we should and we shouldn't do. But we're not called to just tick a tick list off. We're called to have and chosen to have life in all its fullness and abundant life. So I'm okay, oh God, okay God, how do we produce that? How do we live right? How do we grow in you? How do we know you more? How do we get closer and because do you know what? God will give me questions to ask in the preach, right? So here's my title for today. Straight from God. How's your soil? <laughs> if anybody knew me, like soil is the furthest thing from my vocabulary. And I began to think about soil. And I was like, okay, there are three factors to a healthy soil. In fact, do you remember I spoke about an engine? A few weeks previous to that, I spoke about architecture on a building, like laying right foundations and everything. This week we're on soil. I do not know what's coming in a couple of weeks next time I get up. But there are three factors to a healthy soil. There are nutrients, <laughs> aeration, which I'm going to warn you now, I keep calling it aeration. That's all right. Just go with me when I call it the wrong word later. <laughs> Uh, don't sit there thinking, oh, she's calling it the wrong word. I know I am. Uh, nutrients, aeration, and volume. There are three factors to healthy soil. This bit I do know to be true. Okay, so your nutrients are what you put into the soil. And what you put into the soil determines the quality of the soil, which determines what it produces. Okay? So what you put into the soil determines the quality of the soil, determines what you produce from the soil. Um, and soil used to grow things need to be kept healthy as the nutrients are constantly being used up. So anybody who uh, wants a beautiful garden, you have to take care of the soil. You know, I just thought kind of like soil was soil. It's not the case. Google it. It's quite amazing what happens with soil. You know, um, if we want to produce something good, it's not about planting the good plant in the soil. It's about the soil to keep the plants producing something good. If the soil is rubbish underneath and it's full of badness and it's full of things that are going to attack it, your plant will only last so long. I do not take care of living things other than children, obviously, and they've all survived so far. Can I just say that our 18-year-old passed a driving test the other day? <laughs> oh, yeah, she did. She's, I now have a daughter that drives around in a car. Like, that blows my mind. So I can take care of some living things. Other things... Not so much. I do not keep plants, okay? Um, occasionally, Barry may buy me flowers and I manage them because they only last about 10 days and they don't have to have longevity. So, I, but if I want something to produce, 
If I want something to remain in a beautiful state, I have to take care of the soil. That is why I don't do it, because I don't understand it. But one thing I do want to produce is, I do want to produce good spiritual things. I do want to produce a life that is worth living because of Jesus. I don't want to be somebody, he died on the cross for me. He gave me freedom. He gave me life in all its fullness. And I don't bother giving it any attention, because it's hard work, actually, because I'd really sooner be living this way you know and this isn't in my notes but it it talks in revelation it says you're either hot or cold you can't be lukewarm if you're lukewarm you're gonna die anyway it actually says that jesus detests it says the lord detests lukewarm be one or the other if you're cold and you want to go and live a life without him do it i don't recommend it there's another (laughs) disclaimer (laughs) do it if you're gonna live for him do it. But don't be in one and out the next. In one and then in the other and out one and out the next and, and all over the show and doing the okey cokey because actually you may as well be cold. And the Lord says, I detest lukewarm. I detest lukewarm. So I want to be somebody who produces something because of what he did. So, first one is nutrients. What you put in the soil determines the quality of the soil and determines what you produce from the soil. The other one is aeration. To allow air to circulate through. Now, the problem happens is when soil becomes compacted and the air can't move through the soil. True. The air can't move through the soil. The soil has parts that are compacted, which is obstructing the air from getting through. And what happens is that is toxic to the soil. So you know when you get grass and you've got little bits of weed in your grass? What happens? You need to aerate. <laughs> and that is done by you can bring in a machine. Oh, just in case any of you need to aerate your lawn, you can bring in a machine and do it. Or you buy something, you stand it, and it has long metal spikes. And I was watching a video on it, and they walk along, and they're pressing it, and then as they pull it up, what happens is it removes pieces of soil. It's removing and it's pulling out soil so that the compacted soil is, is being removed. And, and what happens is it allows the air to filter through as the air should already have filtered through and should always have filtered through. Without that happening, it is restricting health. And it is restricting growth and it's producing weeds. These large spikes are driven into the ground to pull up and break up what isn't right and was never supposed to be there is drastic. And it's intentional, but it's needed for anything healthy. It's needed. And thirdly is volume. You know when um, they build new houses? Generally, you'll hear people say that the lawn's pretty rubbish that they put down. And it'll look all right for a bit. And then in no time at all, all the the weeds start to appear and the grass turns brown and everything. And that's because whoever's building the houses are putting a small amount of soil down, just enough to lay the turf on. So that when they sell that house, they go to sell the house, someone's going to buy it because it looks nice. The problem is, is that when there's not a good amount of soil put down, and all there is is surface soil, and all there is is shallow soil, roots cannot take place. Roots cannot go down into shallow soil. And so then what's happening with the soil, you've got this thin layer of soil, the soil is turning toxic because it's not been taken care of properly, and nothing can really, truly go down. You see, I live 
in a world of artificial plants. Because <laughs> they can do nothing wrong with these. But they're absolutely lifeless. This is an artificial plant. I've had to pinch it from the, the, uh, the cafe. This is an artificial plant. And although it looks okay, there is no life in it. It is never going to produce anything better. It is never going to grow beyond this. It will sit on the side in my house and it will look fairly pretty, but it is lifeless. It is lifeless. Jesus died on the cross that we would have life and life in all its fullness. So an artificial plant is not what Jesus died for us to be. All it does is sit pretty. I am never going to walk in and there's going to be a fresh bud on it. I am never going to walk in and it's never going to have grown and it's never going to have changed. It's going to remain the same. And you know when something remains the same, it gets boring and it gets stagnant and something fresh needs to come in. And so, and then this morning, Eli has a text at about 7.30 this morning. Eli, this is a really strange request on a Sunday morning. I have thought about going and asking one of my neighbours could I borrow theirs, but I don't think they're going to appreciate it. Could you bring some pots from Mum's front garden? Um, these are mum's pots. Now, this one isn't doing so great. I'm not judging mum. <laughs> it was either like mum or Eli message. Was it you, Eli? And went, we have one that looks lovely. We have one that's dying. I'm like, okay, we'll go. This, this is good. This is good. Like, they felt in the spirit what I needed for this word. As they had a half an hour discussion before church this morning as to what plants should they bring for the preacher. Anyway, this one, it's producing the soil. So if you actually look at it, it's dry, it's dead. There's little bits of life left on it, little bits, but they are so because there was life in this bit. Do you want this plant back? Are you going to resurrect it? No, okay. <laughs> like, is there going to be a miracle here? You see, this bit here, <laughs> she, and I, right, okay, my mum is good with plants normally, aren't you, mum? I don't know what went wrong with this, but you are good with them, aren't you? Like, you have a pretty good... Um, this, this was once alive. This, <laughs> my mum's going, it was lovely. <laughs> this was once alive. This once was green, it was luscious, it was beautiful. When my mum put this in the middle of her table, it looked beautiful. <laughs> but you see, it didn't automatically go like this. It began to die little by little. Yeah, because the attention wasn't given to the soil and what was needed in the soil. And you see these bits of green? What's going to happen? They're going to just die off. Because the nutrients are not in the soil that is needed for this plant. It hasn't been, the soil hasn't been taken care of. My mum could have dusted this plant. She could have done whatever you meant to do to plants. But if that soil is rubbish and that soil is starved of nutrients and the air isn't circulating through that soil that needs to be circulated and there isn't the volume and the capacity that this plant needs to grow, it will die. It will die. Or a stench will appear from it. And then we have this one. This is mum in all the glory. Look at this one. Just this one. See, it's better this one, mum. You've redeemed yourself. <laughs> Turn it round. She's, she's very vain about her plants. That's pride. Um, this, you see, this one, this one is growing. This one is vibrant. This one is in a bigger pot. This one has new buds. 
this one has new shoots. Because you see, this one's been given attention. This one's been taken care of. The soil has been given the nutrients it's needed. It's been given space to grow. The capacity of this is larger so that it didn't just stay as a little shoot. It grew larger. But one thing will never happen. You're never going to get an oak tree in that. You're never going to get an oak tree in that. You will get whatever your soil determines. I will get whatever my soil determines. So if I am not feeding myself the nutrients I need to feed, and I'm not guarding myself against the things that are going to get in, and I'm not aerating, I'm too proud of myself for that word, aerating, I sound like I know what I'm really talking about. And if you're not aerating, which means making sure that there's nothing clogging, that there's nothing down there that needs to come up and be pulled out. And, and, and the plants, what the plants and the soil need is for the air to circulate. What we need is the spirit of God. We need to make sure that there is nothing clogging our walk with God and our Christian life and our spiritual life that will stop the Spirit of God from being able to circulate through our lives. Because you see, when that happens, this is where right living comes into play. But if we are putting the wrong things into our soil, it will be clogged up. We're putting the wrong nutrients in. And then we're not, not having the volume of soil that we need. We're not growing. We're not enlarging spiritually. So therefore, things will just die. We will just die. And so it says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. Live right. And I believe that this afternoon, I mean, if you weren't in this morning, which is majority of people, so it's for everybody this, you need to get this morning's podcast when it goes up. It'll go up towards the end of the week. Like this morning's preach was amazing. And I believe that this afternoon we're going to have an afternoon of being nourished, aerated, and an enlarging of a capacity. Because I cannot grow in God and I cannot, you know, God, I want this ministry. I've seen this person do that. And no, what does God want for me? And I need to be prepared to be stretched for my capacity to be bigger, to say, God, you and not me, for me to be able to produce the life that God has created for me. Yeah. But when we talk about living right, it's dead easy to think, oh, I've been saved, how old am I, 43, oh, 38 years, with a little blip in the middle. I've been saved 38 years, I live right. <laughs> Who does living right, right apply to? Does it imply to people who are just newly saved? Does it apply to people who haven't even made a commitment to God? I would say it's a pretty safe bet that it applies to all of us. Galatians chapter 5, verse 7 to 8 says this. So these, this is talking to people who are already Christians. You would say you've probably been a Christian for quite some time, and we may think that this isn't for us. You were running the race so well. Didn't say, oh, you started so well, like we've just got out the start. You were running the race so well. Who has held you back from following the truth? It certainly isn't God. For he is the one who called you to freedom. This word is for all of us, no matter where we are at whether we have never made a commitment to God, never given our life to God, whether we've done it in the last few weeks or whether we've been at it 60-something years like mum and auntie Stella, this is for all of us. 
just a check of how are we living? The question God is asking us today is, how's your soil? What is going to be produced out of your soil? Are you just going to be artificial where nothing happens? Are you going to have soil but not tend to it? So you're going to start dying off and going stagnant and you're going to look an absolute mess. Are you going to be here which is luscious and green and it's producing but it can never be anything more because it won't expand and it won't grow and the volume of the soil isn't growing and isn't ca- so the roots can't go down any deeper. This is for absolutely all of us. Galatians chapter 5 verse 1 says, So Christ has truly set us free. Now, make sure that you stay free. Make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again. I'm going to end it at that, that part of the sentence because that's important. Don't get tied up again. So this really is almost like a bit of an MOT. <laughs> like God's saying, okay, this applies to all of us. Let's just check this out, how we're living. Live right. Now, there's no condemnation attached to it. But as we just read through these next few scriptures, and the, my message has already nearly come to an end. But the Spirit of God convicts. It doesn't condemn. It doesn't make you feel shame. It doesn't make me feel shame but it does provoke me to change. And you see, when the Spirit of God convicts, it's like when we're aerating the lawn and you put your foot on the thing and as you pull up and you pull the the aerating rake out of the lawn, (laughs) these two are laughing at me on the front row, as you pull the aerating rake out of the lawn, it's pulling. That's conviction. It's pulling something out. It's pulling something out. And as we go through this and we all do this little checklist of, okay, is there anything here? This is a really practical message. Is there anything here, God, that you are saying to me, you know this? I'm not shaming you for it. But I am saying, come on. Come on. And if we allow and we go with that conviction and the prompting of the Holy Spirit, it will be uprooted. If we will be prepared to leave it and let it go. So, what does it look like to live right? What does the Bible say about living right? You know, in Galatians chapter 5, there's a big long list, and it's really easy to read this and go, oh, that's not me, that's not me, oh, nope, don't do that, don't do that, and you get to another bit and you go, oops. And the Holy Spirit convicts, and he's convicted me when I've been writing this, And I've only been writing it 24 hours because I had to change what I was going to do. Galatians chapter 5, starting in verse 19, it's a really, really well-known portion of Scripture. In fact, I think probably a couple of months ago I actually used this in another preach. But it says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature. Now, within us, we have the spirit and we have a sinful nature and the two war against each other there is a rage going on between the two now here it says when you follow which means we have a choice and what I want to say is that when we are that we are being convicted by the Holy Spirit about letting something go or a temptation suddenly starts rising again we have a choice 
God has already put his spirit within us. The, the, the nature of God is within us. It's all about a choice as to what we go on. We are not left floundering. When temptation comes our way, we are not left floundering of, oh my gosh, what do I do? I'm all alone. God is like, I've put my spirit in you. It's already there. Just choose what you follow. So the beginning of this says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Now, they may not be very clear to everybody else, but I probably would say they'll be very clear to you, as they are to me. Sexual immorality impurity. Impurity means to be of an association with a foreign matter, something that is foreign to your nature. So anything that is foreign to the nature of God is impure. That's a dead easy test. I remember when I was a little girl, there used to be this song called, and I don't even know what it's called, but it said, if you saw him coming, meaning Jesus, would you meet him at the door? with arms outstretched in welcome for your heavenly visitor, or would you have to rush around? And then it talks about hiding your magazines and changing your clothes, and you know nowadays it would be like turning the internet off. And if it was to walk in, what would he find? Yeah. Oh, blows your mind out, doesn't it? Yeah. Blows your mind. Yeah. So we can think about immoral things and impure things and, and, and all of this and we can think, okay, impurity, I don't think I've got any impurity. It's purely an associ- association with something that is foreign to the nature of God. Yeah. It's something that's foreign to the nature of God. <clears throat> negativity is another one. Lustful pleasures. I- I'm not going to brush over negativity too fast, actually, because <laughs> that's quite a major one. And that imp- affects everybody. It affects every single one of us. We can choose to not let it, or we can choose when we see ourselves slipping to pull ourselves back and go, no, actually, I've got the nature of God in me. Negativity is huge. I love what Barry said the last couple of weeks, is that you will not stand next to a smoker and inhale their secondhand smoke. But how many times will we stand and listen to negativity? It will kill you. It will kill me. Negativity, it features in the lists, in the list of sinful nature. Negativity, choose well, choose not to be negative. Lustful pleasures, idolatry. That conjures all the kind of like grand things. Oh, idolatry, idolatry. Oh, what's idolatry? I don't have idolatry. Idolatry is anything that we drop God for. I've actually bought anything that we would drop God's ways for. You see, I might not drop God, but I might drop something about him. So I might choose something else over church. I might choose something else, something over um, not speaking negative. I might choose. So idolatry is just choosing something, dropping something for God's ways. Something that is more prominent and more important to us than the ways of God. The ways of God. Do you know something? Following God, there is uh, the sacrifice. Yeah. It's a huge sacrifice to follow God, but I'll tell you something the blessings far outweigh it. Yeah. Because when you seek God and you live right, everything else is added. Everything else is added, which means that His blessings are in abundance. Sorcery. So you're looking at horoscopes, all that kind of thing. Hostility. 
quarrelling. These are all things that we now could all possibly go, oh. Hostility, quarrelling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, that means dis disagreement that leads to discord, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties. And you see, that isn't the whole list, because then it says, and other sins like these. If we are allowing the Holy Spirit to move through us like the air needs to move through the soil, we will know where it says, and other sins like these. It doesn't matter that they're not mentioned in the list because if we're allowing the Holy Spirit to move through us, the Holy Spirit will be convicting and going, you know this, you know this thing that you're watching? You know those words that you're speaking? You know? But that's why we have to seek God above all else and choose to live right because then when we get it wrong, when temptation comes, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit is moving through us and he has got freedom to be able to say, Vicky, Vicky, what are you doing? Yeah. Vicky, yeah. he will have my attention because I haven't got anything else in my view other than him. Other sins like these, I'm going to throw a few out there, gossip. So we've talked about negativity, gossip. Gossip is huge. Gossip is, is, is combined with negativity, but it's different. If somebody is telling you something and you have not heard it with your own ears, cut it off. I learned that a few good few years ago. If I have not heard it with my own ears, I'm going to take it as untrue. And if I've heard it with my own ears, I'm going to use wisdom on how I'm supposed to deal with it and I'm not going to pass it on to somebody else. Gossip is a trap. And the thing is, when you let somebody gossip to you, the fact that you are listening to it and the fact that I am listening to it gives it your blessing. Because you're not calling it out, and I'm not calling it out, and I'm not saying, if you can just stop there, please, because I don't want you to speak about this any further with me. The minute we're quiet and we listen, you can say, well, I'm not taking it on board. No, we are. We are. When we let that conversation continue and continue and continue, we are, and it will kill us. It's a trap, and it will kill us, stirring up trouble. We have a little bit of a laugh, right? I don't want to live like EastEnders. <laughs> we call it EastEnders drama. Yeah. And there's too much of it. There's too much of it. Stirring up trouble. Living in negative drama. Living in, she said that and he said that and he said that. It will kill you. And it will do exactly what happens with the soil where the soil clogs. It will clog within you and the Holy Spirit, he'll not be able to get through. He'll not be able to work through. He won't be able to flow like he should flow through us, being the voice that we hear above all else. How's your soil? How's your soil? How's my soil? There are some things on that list. I'm like, we don't... I have preachers up here who won't be vulnerable and honest. There are things on that list, and I've really had to rein myself in this last 24 hours because God's gone, Vicky. Vicky. You've got to stop that, Vicky. 
We've got to watch. We've got to be aware that we don't get entangled back into something. It's not just about rooting it out today and praise the Lord, it's all done. Because what will happen is the enemy will come and he'll tempt. And we need to be aware that we don't become entangled back into it and fall back into the trap. And if we're identifying things today because the Holy Spirit, he's convicting us and he's showing us things, we need to take action. We need to aerate. We need to start to pull that stuff up. We need to start getting rid of it. We need to take the action that we need to take so that the Holy Spirit can flow through us again. So we've talked about the sinful nature. I think we need to talk about what the Holy Spirit produces. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of, uh, of fruit in our lives. We just need to replace some stuff with the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Where there's stirring up trouble, where there's disunity that we're causing. The Bible also says, where possible, live at peace with all men. Sometimes it's not possible if they don't want peace on the other side. But if it's something that you know is in your hand to do, why not use love? Joy. When the negativity comes in, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Peace when fear strikes and it's like, what are we going to do? When something drops on your doorstep, you're like, what are we going to do? What's the fruit of the Holy Spirit for that? It's peace. It's patience. It's bearing with one another. It's saying, okay, I'm going to bear with you. I'm going to stick with you. Being patient with God as well. Because remember, an answer delayed doesn't mean an answer denied. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. How's your soil? How's your soil? What do we need to uproot and get rid of? What do we need to replace with the fruits of the Holy Spirit? Because if we're going to seek God above all else, we can't stay negative. Because you may as well not seek him. If we're going to seek God above all else, then we need to step away from idols and lust. And if we're going to seek all else, we need to step away from gossip and quarreling and jealousy and all of that. If we're going to seek God else, this is a, a, a three-stage thing. This is our second part. Live right. Do what's right. The quality of your soil determines the health of what you produce. We will produce something. We're either going to produce this 
podés. Your choice. But we're going to produce something. If we don't take anything away from the else from this message today, know this. It's a guarantee. You will produce something. But we have a choice what we produce. And it's down to the soil and how our soil is. How our soil is determines the quality of what we produce, the depth of our roots and whether we're rooted or not. Just in closing, um, I'm going to read just two more verses. And last week I, I read a verse and it's been on my heart and it says, if my people who were called by my name will humble themselves and pray, I will hear from heaven. I will hear from heaven. And then it says, I will restore their land. Whatever the enemy has stolen, God says, I will restore back to them. In fact, I'll not just restore, I'm going to give way beyond what you've lost. But it starts with, if my people will humble themselves and pray, then. James chapter 4 says this, so humble yourselves again. Humble. It's about humility. Humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come close to God. Are you close to God today? Have you been close but maybe not because something's got in the way? Come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands. This says you sinners, which is really harsh, but wash your hands of what you're doing wrong. Wash your hands. Purify your hearts. For your loyalty is divided between God and the world. How is our soil today? We just need to be intentional. We just need to take action for the change to follow. Whatever you need to remove, remove it. Whatever you need to change, change. Where you need to realign yourself with God, realign yourself with God. Seek him above everything. Choose to live right. And everything else is coming your way.